Hi, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name is Morgan Thomas, she, her, and I'm a queer therapist and coach. I'm passionate about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community through client-centered care, and I'm also a spiritual practitioner who specializes in tarot. During the pandemic, I embarked on a spiritual journey that led me into questioning everything about myself and my life. I came out as bisexual, left religion, began reading tarot, and started my own business. I'm passionate about sharing honest stories in hopes of bringing healing, curiosity, and new insights into your world. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Let's start with your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Nikki Renfro. I go by she, her, hers, and about my business. So I, I'm a Gemini son, so I wear a ton of hats. I have a lot of different things going on at all times, which really excites me. But um, specifically, I've started a tarot intuitive guide business where I give tarot readings. Um, I started this about almost a year ago, which is so exciting to like see where it's already evolved to and um, how things have already started to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, I also dance professionally. I'm a dance and yoga teacher, meditation teacher, and I'm also in grad school for counseling psychology. Wow. So lots of different things. Yeah. yeah. Tell me how grad school is going. I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to ask you that before. Yeah. Oh man. Um, it's going great. I'm almost done. So I'm doing a three-year program for counseling psychology and the first two years we're just classes and then I'm entering my third year and it'll just be practicum internship for nine months and then I will graduate. So I'm almost done. I'm entering internship next month, which is crazy to know that it's gone by so fast. And it's been a good experience. I've, I've learned so much and I've definitely seen that this is a field that I want to be in. Um, I really love psychology. I really love therapy. Um, I've been in therapy myself. I think it's just so important. It's so needed in today's world. Mm-hmm. but my experience at this school overall, I've just also just kind of seen how I'm, I'm a high school teacher. So I, I teach and wow. knowing that a lot of our uh, professors don't have teaching backgrounds and not that you need to have one to be a good teacher, but I've just kind of been a little disappointed with the inconsistency and oh. in, like classes, um, expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, the level of uh, the standards have been a little lower than I would have thought that they would be. I was kind of really gearing myself up for like having a ton of homework and working really hard and learning so much. And yeah, um, yeah, it just, it didn't meet my expectations. I was like really, really eager to kind of eat everything up. And then it wasn't as much as I thought it would be, which was a little disappointing. But at the same time, now that I'm almost done, I'm just like really excited to go out in the field and start working with clients mm-hmm. and, and learning in that way. So, Oh, you're going to yeah. be such a great therapist. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, um, I've been working with children and adolescents like my whole life, yeah. teaching yoga, dance, and then also in the high school. And um, that's the group that I want to continue working with. So I miss mm-hmm. them. They're a fun population. Mm-hmm. So Nikki and I actually met in a tarot course with Kate Van Horn. And I would love, I've always been curious um, about your tarot story, Nikki, because you've read for me a few times like on your Instagram story. And I've just, I follow you um, thoroughly. And I would just love to know like how you got started with tarot and what your journey has been like. 
Yeah, kind of a long story. So I was like witchy child. Like I was that kid that was like taking the borders and I would buy all the witchy books. Mm-hmm. And my parents were totally fine with it, which is great. They were super supportive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was just that kid doing spells, like making my younger brother do them with me or making my friends do them with me all the time. And I was at the doctor's office once. I want to say I was in maybe fifth grade, fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. And I was waiting for the doctor to come in and the nurse came in and gave me um, an Oracle card reading, which was just like so magical. Yeah, it was super cool. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is so, this is so effing cool. I am obsessed with this. And as soon as she did that, I was like, this is amazing. I need to get my own angel Oracle deck. And I got the exact same one that she did with me from Borders back in the day when Borders was a thing. Um, And yeah, that, that was in middle school when I got that deck. So then in high school, I started learning about tarot cards and just kind of developing my practice a little bit. Nothing too serious, but I got the Rider Waite. Mm-hmm. my tarot deck like you know the original one that everyone everyone uses and I didn't really feel super connected to the cards just based off the images um right. if you're unfamiliar with the deck it's lots of white people and mm-hmm. um just like very old a very old feel but I still use them I would pull you know one card a day and kind of like you know look through the book and like see what it meant and it was like kind of like a slow burner for me learning about the cards in that way throughout high school and it wasn't until I think the end of the end of high school where the Wild Unknown deck came out mm-hmm. by um, Kim Cross. It's a beautiful deck. I don't think there's any people in it now that I'm thinking about it. I think it's mostly animals, a lot of nature mm-hmm. images, lots of colors, lots of witchy symbols, which I loved. And yeah, that deck came out at the end of high school. I got that deck and was just kind of like obsessed with tarot mm-hmm. a lot more since then continue to just kind of practice on my own, pulling my cards, doing, you know, little spreads here or there and not really having um, space to kind of share that with others. Like, of course, my friends knew that I was like witchy and I had some friends that I would talk about it with, but not really. I just didn't really feel like it was something that I could share with a lot of people. So people didn't really know I was reading tarot um, and I just didn't really talk about it. I just didn't think that there was a space for it. Hmm. And so after I graduated college and eventually got my yoga teacher training a few years down the line that's where I realized that all of this energy talk and chakras and Mm -hmm. you know psychic intuitive stuff I was like oh there is a place for this this is amazing and I just I guess I didn't really realize that there was space for that until my yoga teacher training where we were doing a lot of energy talk and and all of that um so at that point, that's when I really started to dive deep um, a lot more into my tarot practice. And that's, it kind of gave me permission to start to share that with others. And mm-hmm. um, my family had always been super supportive. I, interesting, there's been like a lot of like psychic stuff um, that's like in the family that my dad's had experiences, my grandma's had experiences oh. that um, I guess makes sense now why they were always really open with me being super interested mm-hmm. into all of this stuff. But um, yeah, I just didn't really learn until later, until I was open it, about it. And they were like, oh yeah, your grandma saw this. And I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me this when I was growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so everyone was really supportive, but I guess I just never gave myself permission to be open with it. And once I got my yoga teacher training, started teaching yoga, meditation, and that just kind of gave me a space to bring my cards into, you know, the classroom. And, yeah. you know, I would pull a card for, you know, the theme of the yoga class that day. and it wasn't until the pandemic hit where I was still like very much doing all of my tarot work, but very still kind of not secretive, but mm-hmm. I wasn't fully out of the spiritual closet, so to say. And yeah. 
um, I did a intuitive program that really helped me dive deep into my intuition without the cards. And that's when I was like, oh, I could, I can like offer these services to people. And this is like super empowering. And um, my, my, the messages for, for my intuition just really started telling me to, it's time to like pursue this more and to share this with other people. And yeah. like, you have gifts to, you know, empower other people in the way that the cards have really empowered you and to help them connect to their intuition mm-hmm. and to just know that that's, that's, there's a space for all of them. There's, you know, there's more room for conversation around your intuition, around tarot, around these like more woo-woo things. Um, so yeah, during the pandemic, I had that experience and yeah, a year ago, that's when I like got really brave. And mm. um, at that point I had been like doing readings for friends and family members all the time. And um, I started my website and started a, a business Instagram and just kind of like put it out there and was like, all right, I've been receiving messages to do this. And yeah. Since then, a little less than a year, it's just been like so amazing and still like, uh, of course, like a very small business, but um, it just like feels really good to be so authentically me and like to have met you in like a tarot class and to just have these other people in my life where I feel like there's a big community for this, but then also seeing people in my life where they might not have gone to a tarot reader or an astrologer or have even thought about their intuition now being like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what is this? How can I do that? Um, can you help me with this and and all of that? So that's kind of evolved because it's already evolved so much. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool that you started reading as a kid and you've had this long journey with tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, I started reading like two years ago or something. So, and it feels like I've already learned so much, and I I truly can't fathom like having years of exposure to these cards and your relationship just must be so different like a like an old old friend kind of thing that's really neat that's really cool yeah it it definitely feels that way um and like when I was doing it when I was younger I wasn't you know trying to use my intuition like I didn't even have like that vocabulary it was just like having these cards and seeing what came through but it really does feel like like having an old friend it's one of those practices that I've done for so long that I still continue to look forward to doing like every single day. It feels so grounding and um, yeah, grounding is a good word for it. Like really recentering, like always, always like, no, I have a, a little deck in my, my purse, like a pocket size deck. And, you know, of mm-hmm. course I have like all my decks at home and it's just like so nice to have, have like that, that presence and yeah, that tool that's like always there for you. Yes. Yes. I really relate to that. I, this is probably my favorite question I have for you. What is it like when a client comes to you for a reading? What are your like little rituals? Um, yeah, I'd love to know your process. Yeah. Um, so this process has definitely changed over the last year, but now it's become a little bit more intuitive and I'm trying to not use the cards as a crutch Mm. as much. So in the past I would just, you know, I would I try to meditate for myself every single day, but just like as a grounding practice, I would meditate for myself um, to just kind of get centered. And then I would have the client come in and whether it's virtually or in person, you know, they'll give me their area of life that they want me to to look into, get guidance for. And I would just kind of pull cards based off that. And it would be really, really intuitive in that way. But recently the way that I've been doing it is if I have the opportunity. So if it's not like at an event or a pop-up or something like that, and I know I'm going to be giving this person a reading. I will try to meditate on them and their question beforehand 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I don't know the question, I'll still like kind of meditate and ask my spirit guides to come forth without the cards and just kind of say, Hey, you know, this person's coming to me. What would you like them to know? And I will combine the messages that I receive from that meditation with what I receive from the cards. Mm. And I like to use quite a few decks. I'll definitely use, of course, tarot. Um, and I might even use like a few different tarot decks, but then I'll always bring in an Oracle deck or two to kind of just give some more of those I don't want to say lighter messages, but um, I do find that a lot of the Oracle decks that I use are a little more, yes. I guess lighter is a good word. Um, yeah, a little lighter in their, mm-hmm. in their messaging, whereas tarot is very much like tough love sometimes. I'm a little yes. sassy, which I, which I love. And I, I know I personally need that tough love and I need that sass. But for others, I want to give them something that is also like empowering too and, and you know, connects them back to themselves. So I think that Oracle decks can also help with that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when a client comes in, I'll definitely meditate, get messages for them. And then um, depending on their question, so for every client, as far as looks pretty different, unless we're doing a year ahead spread, which is like very set and, you know, we're pulling a few cards for every single month and then seeing the theme, mm-hmm. um, depending on the question that the client's asking, then that's kind of how I will um, set up the reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it very much depends. If they have a very, very specific question, if they're asking something like, you know, should I be going with this versus that, that'll have a different spread versus if they're just like, what's going on in my love life? Um, So sometimes I'll, you know, make up my own spreads based off what they're asking. Mm -hmm. I truly do love the Celtic cross. as just like a good general reading spread. And then at the end, we always pull some Oracle cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my process in a nutshell. Thank you for sharing. I, I use Oracle cards too. I feel like it's a good little sprinkle to really amplify mm-hmm. the message. Um, this is not on the list of questions I have, but do you, even though you've been reading for so long, this is something I struggle with is this little voice. Like, are you sure you're reading mm-hmm. that right? Do you struggle with that, that doubt at all? Oh, uh, yes. I'm glad you <laughs> asked that question. Um, because I do think that it's something that at least when I'm listening to other tarot readers or intuitive people talk about stuff they don't often talk about how that doubt is kind of like always there Mm -hmm. um and this past year especially as I lean more into my intuition without the cards Mm -hmm. it definitely led me to know that that doubt's going to be there and that's okay and it's still always best to kind of just trust the message and you know you never really know how your messages are going to impact people I think that there's been so many times where um I've gotten the message like so spot on and then instead of just saying what I got I'll kind of ask about it and they'll be like yeah I was thinking about this specifically and I'm like I literally I had that image in my mind like I should have just said it yeah um because it would have been much more validating right. of the reading for myself and you know yeah for me, to, for me to be like yeah I can trust these messages but also for them to be like you know like yes that's exactly it and validate you know that their guides are really seeing all this stuff too mm-hmm. um so yes I definitely still have that like little voice in the background that's you know, like, are you saying that right? Or if this is, are you interpreting this correctly or mm-hmm. all of that? But I think that also is a process of just continuing to trust yourself, putting it out there and not being afraid to be wrong. Like it's okay to be wrong. I mean, we don't have to be right all the time, but I think we will also often surprise ourselves if we just like put it out there and we're just being completely honest and truthful because yeah, there's a reason that that message came up. And even if in the moment they're like, oh, you know, I don't really know what you're talking about. You're like, okay, just table it. Oftentimes later on, they're like, oh my God, that's what, that's what she meant, you know, or that's 
that's where this is coming through. And I'm so glad that, you know, I had that little seed or a little nugget of mm-hmm. wisdom before I met the situation. So we just never know. And yeah, it's okay. We're also not expected, like no, in what job are we expected to be perfect 100% of the time? Right. Like never, right. never. People train all the time for whatever job for doctors, lawyers, no one is expected to be perfect. And so I think that we kind of have to let ourselves off the hook with that and know that intuition as magical as it is, it's not an exact science. So we just kind of, kind of just remember that, but um, yeah, it is really hard. It's super hard to get past that doubt and, mm-hmm. and trust, but I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful advice that you kept saying trust several times. I, I really mm-hmm. think that's uh, a great word for tarot. Um, so changing gears yeah. a little bit, I would love to know, and I can share what I mean by this, um, what boundaries you have with the card. So personally, if I'm feeling very frantic, if I'm like, I need to know if I need to go to this party tonight and I'm over here on my altar, like shuffling, shuffling, and I'm like being a little too much for me, that's a boundary and a red, red flag for me that I need to step away and Sometimes I find myself just like going to the cards and that's something I don't want to do because you can't have a clear open channel when you're all frantic and, and in the clouds. Um, yeah, I would love to know like what boundaries you have with either reading for clients or reading for yourself with the cards. Yes. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's definitely a boundary that I have. For sure. If I'm in a a heightened emotional Mm -hmm. state, then I know like I'm at a clear channel. And I also know that my mind can talk me in and out of literally any situation, no matter like what the cards show. So I try to not go to the cards when that is where I'm at mentally, emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. um, because then the messages aren't going to be clear. And I think that then I'll have a tendency to, you know, pull a card. And if it's not what I want to hear, then... I'll reshuffle and put it back in and like such a funny story yeah I'm like we've all been there we're like nope that wasn't the answer try again um but I recently got offered a a job that was um in line with like my dancing career and it would give me some additional financial abundance going into next year when I'm doing my internship and on paper it looked great and I interviewed and like my gut was like I know they're gonna offer me this job and I know I shouldn't take it I just mm-hmm. I just knew I was like I know I should take it and I pulled the cards I was like really calm and the cards were like yeah no don't take this job stop thinking about money abundance is coming in in other ways this is just like not the right fit for you the cards like literally said it all um but then of course they offered me the job like a week later and I went back to the card and I was like let's try it again like you know should I get it and at that point I was I was quite um anxious about it because I wanted to give them an answer and I was like I don't know what to do right and I pulled and I did so many different spreads around like the same area and <laughs> of done. course I talked myself yeah I talked myself into doing it I was like, oh well maybe I'm interpreting this car wrong and it's meant to be well so I yeah it ended up being a mess and um yeah so you can easily talk yourself in and out of anything even though the cards of course have their specific messages mm-hmm. you can either you know, spin that message to be what we want it to be when we're in a state where we need an answer or, um, you know, yeah, just keep pulling cards until we get the answer that we think we should have. And they were completely right. And I ended up saying yes to the job. And two weeks later, um, 
I was like, I, I, I cannot do this job. I'm like, so sorry. I, yeah, I'm breaking contract. I will help you find someone else if I, if you want me to, but I know that I shouldn't have taken this job and I, I just should have listened to my gut. The cards mm-hmm. were so right. But of course I was in that state where I was like, yeah, I'm going to second guess every single card that comes forward because, um, yeah. So yeah, that's totally a boundary that I also have mm-hmm. for myself personally. And then specifically with clients, I, like really want clients to always be empowered leaving from a reading and I want them to also realize where some of those limiting beliefs come up and can disempower them when they're showing up for the reading to start so that's another thing that I try to do with clients where if they're coming in and asking a specific question I'll just kind of like gently say like I hope you don't mind I would love to rephrase that question so that it gives some of the power back to you or I don't know I'll I was like, well, I'm going to ask in this way so that it's, you know, a little bit more um, mm-hmm. empowering or gives us a bigger picture. So that's another boundary that I like to set with clients because mm-hmm. I just think a lot of times we don't realize how often we're giving our power away to people or situations or circumstances. And of course, there are definitely places where power is taken away and, you know, right. there's oppression and, and all of that, right. not to discredit that. But I think specifically with the things that clients often show up asking about, particularly with love. I feel like there's a lot of yes. stuff in those kinds of readings where I'm like, let's flip this. Because even if you were to look at this in a different situation or a different way, you would see, you would see different things. Right. So yeah, those are some ways that I try to do it with clients too, but it can be tricky and you, you never want to like be disrespectful and be like, well, I don't want to ask the question that you want me to ask. You right. Know? Right. Just gently guiding them to see it in a different way. I love that. I love the the reframe or the rephrase that you have to still give them an answer in the situation, but yeah, empowering is a, is a really great word. I was just thinking of the question, mm-hmm. like, will they come back? Like that kind mm-hmm. of feels a little bit disempowering. So thinking of another way to say that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I would for sure. love to know, um, what is your favorite card right now? What is a card you struggle to understand? Yes. So I definitely feel like the high priestess card has been one of my favorite cards throughout my entire tarot process. Um, I recently feel like the moon has also been one that's kind of like coming up as a favorite card, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the high priestess is always going to be like, whenever that shows up, I'm like, yes, I fucking love that card. Um, Mm -hmm. So beautiful and um, so magical and intuitive. And I personally always kind of feel like I'm on the go and I'm always doing all these things and thinking ahead and that high priestess card coming in is always just a reminder for me to listen to my intuition. And it's always got my back. It's always there for me. My spirit guides are always there. So that's for me is like such a lovely personal card. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also one of the first cards that I connected with in the wild and unknown deck. So I like has like a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I like just like love seeing the different images that different variations um, of the deck will, will, will show for that card too. And a card that I have trouble uh, connecting with or like really understanding the, the Hierophant is definitely a card that it's so interesting. When I first got the Wild Unknown deck, I did not feel like I was disconnected from the card. The, the image from that card and the, the book that the, that deck came with really described it as like a like a mentor, teacher, mm-hmm. student learning kind of card. 
And being a teacher, I was like, oh yeah, I like really vibe with this card. And it always came up when I was often teaching and or getting ready to teach or meeting with students and really taking it as a learning card. But then as I developed my tarot understanding a little bit deeper and have shifted to other decks and have seen like the more traditional view of the Hierophant, I've realized that there are just so many different meanings to that card to a mm-hmm. point where some of them are even contradictory. And like looking at the old meaning of the card with it being a um, like like a Pope kind of figure and like connecting to, re- to religion has is always been kind of weird for me. And it's a, it's a harder one for me to interpret in readings for, for myself and also other people, depending on, you know, the other cards that are in the spread with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one's definitely a tricky one. I, I try to really let the imagery for whatever deck I'm using guide what those messages are. Mm-hmm. And also just like, in, I feel like whenever I met with like a tricky card, I just kind of take a step back and let my, in, my intuition and like let those intuitive downloads guide the reading a little bit more um but yeah I let the images guide what those messages are because every single deck for some reason the hierophant is always just so different whereas I feel like a lot of other cards or other decks yeah other cards and other decks are often similar um yeah 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 that is a tricky card yeah I was gonna say what's your tricky card I was thinking about this where I got on the swords element as a whole is tricky for me so interesting yeah. Yeah. Like that whole suit is when I, it, it's, they're, they're hardest for me to feel something with, or like get an immediate, like I really have to sit with the swords. Um, maybe not like the five of swords. I need to have them laid out in front of me, but yeah, that, that element is really, uh, tricky. The moon was actually really difficult for me at one point, but then I had a, a guest come on and she was all about shadow work and she really explained shadow work in the moon. And now it's like so much easier for me to read that card um, because of the things that she's shared. So I think it's so important to have conversations about people's perspective because I kind of hear her sometimes of how she views it. I'm like, oh yeah, it is kind of related to the devil in the sense um, of like really deep healing and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah shadow stuff uh I pulled a card actually for this podcast guess guess what element it is oh man or what suit it is sorry I feel like I have the swords in my brain because we just talked about it but I also want to guess the pentacles (gasps) yes is it (gasps) oh my goodness wait pause I pulled the card for today and one of them is the three of I love that. That's amazing. So <laughs> the, this was actually a hard card for, for me to read for a while as well. I feel like they all are as you're learning. Um, but this is the queer tarot deck. And I feel like this just shows like, this is so much easier to understand than the Rider Waite deck. I feel like I just think mm-hmm. of collaboration, teamwork, um, you know, working together. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you first see three of coins? Like what are some first thoughts? Yeah, I definitely like the, the saying that comes to my head is like, what is that saying? Teamwork makes the dream work. So just mm-hmm. like we're all bringing our different skills to the table. And I think instead of judging what your skills are, it's saying, no, your skills are valid, but so is this other person. And so is this other person. And if you bring them together, then look how much you can actually create versus if you're trying to do it on your own. Um, definitely part of like community and collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like the, the Rider Waite deck is harder to 
see that or get that from the three of pentacles but i feel like the oh what is it the modern witch deck does like a really good job of showing that like it's like very similar to um the deck that you just showed right now where yeah it's like all about collaboration and showing up with your different skills so yeah that's so funny that you pulled that card and i pulled it this morning Uh, i love that so much we're we're geeking over here on Tara. I knew this would happen. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Is there anything else that you want listeners to know? And also how can people follow you and work with you? Yeah, I think I would love for listeners to know that their journey to deepening their intuition will look different from every single person. I think we often hear about other people having these like crazy experiences and our intuition is often just like softer whisper. And for some people, of course, it's gonna look a little louder. Some people will look even softer, but we all are intuitive. I think that's like the biggest Mm. thing. We all have this connection to our souls, our spirit guides, to source, to to God, like whatever people wanna call it, to the universe, whatever that name is, we are all connected to that. And we're all connected to each other through through life and and through this experience and, And yeah, we all, we all can do this. We can all develop our gifts and yeah, that's like my biggest message always. I'm like, we're all intuitive. We're all psychic. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Be empowered. Yeah. Yeah. Be empowered to like find your own messages and, and to listen, because I think with the way that the world is now with, of course, all the crazy stuff going on in the world, but also with how detached we are from listening to ourselves and others, we can mm-hmm feel this huge disconnection from from other human beings but also that disconnection shows up in ourselves if we just remember we're all intuitive we all have that connection we all have that like inner inner wisdom guiding us then then I think it's helpful and it's also a little less alone yeah thank you Nikki yeah and if people want to connect with me um my Instagram is Nikki Renfro Tarot N-I-K-K-I-R-E-N-F-R-O-E Tarot T-A-R-O-T yes that's how you spell um (laughs) on Instagram and then my website is NikkiRenfroMartinez.com. Cool. Thank you so much for being here. I've really uh, appreciated this conversation and thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much.